hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, in a few moments, we'll talk with Destination BC to review the new COVID regulations and guidelines that went into place last Monday and what you need to know when traveling to BC as far as vaccinated and unvaccinated travelers go. And then we'll head to Montreal and chat with the folks from the Griffin Town Hotel, a unique hotel that offers apartment-style accommodations right in the heart of downtown Montreal. And later in the podcast, we'll hear the story of Boo the Bear in Golden, B.C. Travel writer Carol Patterson recently wrote a blog about Boo at the Grizzly Bear Refuge at the Kicking Horse Mountain Resort in Golden. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about Boo. But to start things out, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about the new COVID regulations that went into place in B.C. last Monday and what you need to know when traveling to BC as far as vaccinated and unvaccinated travelers go. To help us out, we're joined now by Maya Lang. She's the VP of Marketing for Destination BC. The website is explorebc.com. Hi, Maya. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, vaccine requirements for people who want to visit BC. Not necessarily, you don't have to be vaccinated to visit BC, but if you want to do a lot of the uh, things there, like go to restaurants, that's that type of stuff, uh, you need to prove it, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, for out-of-province visitors uh, the who want to travel to British Columbia, um, you don't have to follow the same requirements in BC, but you do have to show a provincial or a rec- officially recognized vaccine rec- record mm-hmm. and a valid um, government ID uh, and a printable document that, that includes any sort of proof of vaccination records uh, will be you know, available soon. But for now, we're just asking people to make sure that they bring any sort of vaccination. If they want to you know, go to any restaurants or mm-hmm. any indoor sporting events, that's really where the vaccine um, proof of vaccination is required. But yeah. otherwise, still free to travel in BC and, and, uh, and explore many, many beautiful places. Yeah, exactly. You're not telling people you can't come, just that there are certain events you wouldn't be able to attend or places to be able to go. And there's a whole list uh, on your website. You've pretty much spelled it out quite easily, but just run through some of the examples so people know, because you want to know before you go, as your website says, you don't want to be disappointed and go, oh, darn, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, just on our website, explorebc.com, you can find out information all about, you know, where to go and what to do. We've got lots of really great ideas and suggestions for things that you can do. Um, And then there's a whole section on our site as well called Know Before You Go with all the information um, you need to have before you you take a trip, just so you can travel safely and responsibly Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, keeping yourself safe as well as keeping communities safe that you're visiting. Mm, such things as, uh, I'm just reading off the list here, indoor ticketed sporting events. So if you wanted to go to a hockey game or something like that, uh, indoor concerts, theaters, uh, licensed restaurants, uh, that type of thing, uh, pubs, bars, <laughs> I mean, the whole list yeah. is, is right there. So those are the kind of things that people, when they're traveling, obviously they like to do, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know what I used? I went to a restaurant last night for the first time since it was... Uh, put in place so the vaccine passport was required as of um, as of Monday and it was super easy I was so surprised um, you know how how simple the the process is so I think uh, I think it's all relatively straightforward we're all still kind of trying to figure out how it works and so uh, I think you know people 
you know, the uh, people that are working at the restaurants and at the events, um, you know, we're happy to answer questions um, that you need. But we're hoping to help make things a little easier for our visitors. And so we put all that information on uh, on our website, hellobc.com forward slash know before you go. Or you can find it um, on our website. You can see we put it, put it pretty, pretty obvious across the top mm-hmm. um, where you can find all that information. Well, I always say sometimes the simplest things are the hardest to explain, but it really is that simple. <laughs> I was, and, and obviously you get a lot of people from Alberta coming to visit BC. We're right next door. But this is, applies to international mm-hmm. visitors, people from other provinces, right? It does. Yes, it does. And yes, we definitely love having our, our uh, Albertan neighbours uh, visiting us and, and obviously lots of Albertans enjoy many things uh, in British Columbia. So we're keen to keen to have our keen to have um, Albertans visit. But yeah, no, it's the same case whether it's anyone across Canada um, or for any of our international travellers, there is a uh, proof of vaccination that's required. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, all that information is on the website. What's the feedback been like? You said you just went to a restaurant and it was very, very simple. Uh, what what kind of feedback are you getting from your, your members, your hospitality people? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it depends. Uh, you know, uh, probably very similar to Alberta, it's been very difficult. Uh, there's been a significant labour shortage in tourism. So uh, getting uh, enough staff to, you know, clean hotel rooms, let alone, mm. you know, uh, servers and restaurants. And, and so I know that this has been an additional challenge, but I think, um, you know, an, an added, uh, you know, responsibilities to an already overworked, um, you know, uh, teams and employees. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, everyone understands why. Um, I think this is, you know, we've got some really strong vaccination rates here in British Columbia. Uh, and so um, we're just really keen to keep those numbers keep those numbers rising. And, and I think this is a really great way. And everyone understands that this is a really great way to just help ensure the safety of the frontline staff, help ensure the safety of visitors, and of course, all the communities and, and BC residents around the province. So mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Yeah. Anything I missed you might want to add? No, just, um, you know, lots of really great ideas and things to do this fall. Um, fall is one of my favorite times to travel in British Columbia, um, just because there are so many amazing things to do. And frankly, there aren't the, the crowds of people mm-hmm. or the, the availability is there, right? So, um, you know, just super, super excited by, by what you can do. Um, I think in particular, there's so many um, amazing tourism, like, uh, indigenous tourism experiences in BC, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's something like checking out, um, uh, uh, you know, I went to Alert Bay this past summer. It's also, you can check out um, Ainsworth Hot Spring Resort uh, and check out the Tanaha Grill Restaurant. This is all in the sort of Kootenay Lake area. You can gain a fresh perspective, a different perspective on, on our urban city. So Metro Vancouver and Victoria, it's so different seeing these places in the fall. Super, just very beautiful. Um, there's a new Golden Sky Bridge um, in uh, between yeah. uh, in Golden, BC, and that's also an incredible place to visit this time of year. There's road trip ideas. There's all sorts of things. We've got sort of 10 experiences that we're uh, promoting um, on the website right now. So, yeah, just a great time to fall, a great time to travel, um, lots of availability and really great pricing. So, uh, yeah, just something, a, a different way to explore BC this this year. Just make sure you know before you go. Right? That's right. <laughs> know before you go. And you yeah. can find all the information on com. Maya Lang is the VP of Global Marketing for Destination BC. I appreciate your time, Maya. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your time.
Well, next time you're looking at traveling to Montreal, you might want to look at staying at the Griffin Town Hotel. It's an apartment-style hotel offering all the amenities of home in a hotel setting located close to all the attractions of downtown Montreal. So joining us now to tell us more about the Griffintown Hotel is Laura Michelle Martin. She is the general manager of the Griffintown Hotel. The website is griffintownhotel.com. Hello, Laura Michelle. Hello. Or should I say bonjour? Bonjour. Yeah, you're... <laughs> so tell me the story of the Griffin Town Hotel. It sounds like a really cool concept, um, but just tell me how it uh, came about. Yeah, so uh, the idea came from a group of real estate owners who had their uh, condominium projects in the neighborhood, and they came to a realization that there was a real need for short-term rentals. So they decided that one of their one of their projects of the condominium can become uh, an hotel. So mm-hmm. that's where the Griffintown Hotel were born. So where is it located? It is uh, located, uh, as you know now, uh, centrally located in the Griffintown area. So this neighborhood was originally an uh, industrial Irish workers neighborhood. Uh, you're really walking distance from the Canal Lachine and the Atwater Market, one of the biggest outdoor and indoor walking former market in Montreal, um, located also close by walking distance of the old part of Montreal and the downtown area. So it's really good for museums, shopping, and also the hockey games at the Bell Centre. Which is very important. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also this year, it was a little bit crazy, but that was worth it. Um, yeah, so we are also close uh, by uh, renamed restaurants in Montreal. So the food scene is really popular uh, in our city. Uh, other than that, I would like to add that it is a prime location and it's a residential district. So if you want something uh, that is not really touristy or any, like, you know, the touristy trap that mm-hmm. uh, you go when you go visit other places, um, you can have really the feel of Montreal and live like a Montrealer here around the neighborhood. You have also like a dog park just next to our hotel, like two blocks. So it's really nice like if you come with your dog. So we're dog friendly and uh, you can go uh, walk around on the Canal Lachine or uh, to the dog park. It's really convenient for that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the whole concept now. I, I, like, I think if you think Airbnb, but um, more of a hotel setting, is that kind of a, a way to explain it? Because it's, it's a hotel, but it's apartments. <laughs> Did I get yeah, that right? exactly. Yeah, so that's a little different from a regular hotel. So imagine coming to Montreal and you have the choice on one hand that you can choose a regular hotel room. But on the other hand, for the same price, you can book a fully equipped apartment with your own kitchen, balcony, washing machine, dryer, and dishwasher with all the products provided. And plus, you can also personalize your experience with our four-star hotel services like the room service, grocery delivery, security and front desk agent 24-7. And we do also have a bar at the hotel. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, uh, how much of a hotel is it versus just an apartment? But that kind of answers the question. There is a front desk. There is reception. Um, is there a restaurant on site? I, I, but I imagine there's lots of restaurants close by, though, right? 
Yeah, there's a lot of restaurants close by. Um, that's our main uh, offer, actually. We offer the freedom to cook in the room or to explore the food scene of Montreal. So mm-hmm. we do not have a restaurant at the hotel, but we do have an organic wine bar, and we also serve like uh, classic cocktails, coffees in the morning, and smoothies. Mm-hmm. We have a really nice terrace at the back of the hotel as well. So during the summer, it's uh, really nice to enjoy uh, coffee or a glass of wine on the terrace. Mm-hmm. And we do not have um, a spa or a pool, but we're really close by uh, gyms or other uh, spinning classes, yoga classes. And we do a business with Apia Nomad Spa. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, we can... Um, book an appointment with one of their therapists and they can come for massage or facial in the room. They bring the table directly in the room. So it's really interesting uh, the type of products that they can offer as well. Mm-hmm. So now, and obviously, yeah, when you say there's no pool, there's no spa, I mean, that's the, that's the trade-off for getting uh, an apartment, really. And, and that's exactly. you were talking about that. You can cook, you can do your own stuff. I mean, that's the appeal. That's the appeal of Airbnb as, uh, as well, right? As, as you're almost living as you would be at home, uh, only on vacation or whatever reason you're traveling, right? Exactly. We really give to the guests the ownership of their lifestyle and their stay and their vacation. So... Every single guest can choose their experience. Mm-hmm. How many apartments do you have in the building? We have approximately 140, 150, uh, because sometimes we take some of them to uh, create like little uh, space for uh, the employees as well. So mm-hmm. it depends, uh, depending on if it's fall or summer or winter, uh, we do offer more rooms if needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I w- I'm thinking, like someone for myself who has uh, two children, a family of four, that would be perfect. If the, if this is something you're looking for, if you're staying a week in Montreal, you don't want to be eating out every day, and <laughs> you would like the luxury yeah. of having breakfast or lunch at home or, or preparing something. Uh, so I think this would be ideal. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea also in North America because we do not have a lot of all-inclusives. I think we do not have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a really good option for families. And we do have rooms, apartments that has the double bedroom and the sofa bed. So uh, we can provide um, all the bed sheets also for the sofa bed. So that's really convenient for the families and uh, and people with babies also, we can provide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the location is fantastic. Like you say, it's uh, you're close to uh, all the, uh, the attractions uh, that Montreal offers. Exactly. Walking distance and uh, also the buses situation or metro situation is really convenient for all Montrealers. And uh, the tourists really like that uh, that attraction also, the, mm-hmm. the metro stations and the underground city. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. How has your summer been, by the way? Uh, I know it's been very hard for the hospitality industry in general, but how was summer as far as uh, your uh, tourists and, and people coming to visit Montreal? Uh, for the tourist side in Montreal, it was really more like Canadian. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from Ontario, I would say. Um, from our hand, it was really busy all year. Actually, we've been open for a year and some months now. Mm-hmm. 
And since the beginning, since the opening, we were short of uh, COVID uh, tests. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that was amazing how everything went well for us because I think of our products, you know, when all the restaurants were closed, people loved to just order or cook in the rooms. That was really, really convenient for them. Uh, on the touristic end, um, there is a lot of museums and uh, other attractions that reopened recently. Mm-hmm. So it's starting more like to pick up um, in August, September. But yeah, we can see other people from other provinces, and that's really nice to see that we can travel in our own country, you know, to discover other places not in our own country. Yeah. Maybe in other situations, we will not really visit our home country. So yeah, for nice sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Montreal is a beautiful city. I love Montreal. Uh, it's a it's a great option for people uh, looking to, like you say, uh, if you have a family of four or more, that uh, a hotel just doesn't quite uh, cut it. It's 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 a great kind of uh, offering that you have. Exactly, and Quebec is a little different from the rest of Canada, I would say, because uh, of our uh, French uh, culture. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really it's really nice to see that part of. Uh, of Canada and to discover other culture and Montrealers are really open to other uh, people from Canada. Mm -hmm. We're really happy that uh, you come here and you discover this city. Well, especially in the fall, the colors look uh, wonderful. Uh, Laura Michelle Martin is the uh, general manager of the Griffin town hotel. Griffintownhotel.com is the website. Uh, It was a pleasure chatting with you, uh, Laura Michelle. Merci beaucoup. It was my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Well, one of our regular guests to the show is freelance travel writer and photographer Carol Patterson. And she recently did a write-up for the Road Stories website, roadstories.ca, titled Lessons from a Grizzly Bear. And the bear she's referring to is Boo the Grizzly Bear. And his home is at the Grizzly Bear Refuge at the Kicking Horse Mountain Resort in Golden, B.C. So joining us now to share her story about Boo the Grizzly Bear is travel writer and photographer Carol Patterson. Hi, Carol. Hi, Randy. Uh, How much of a legend is Boo the Bear? (laughs) Is he popular? I think Boo is very popular. From what I hear, a lot of people that go to Golden and make the trip up to the uh, Kicking Horse Resort uh, stop to see Boo. So in the summertime, not yeah. the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, is Boo a, a male or female? A Boo is kind of a, a gender-neutral name. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it is. An, uh, yeah, I, w- I thought it came, his name might have come from, you know, Boo. Remember Smokey the Bear back in the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Boo Boo, but actually it doesn't. It comes from Caribou, which is the region where he was found. Oh. Um, his mother was poached, unfortunately, and left behind two young cubs, um, and they were named Carrie and Boo. And so that's how he got his name. <laughs> well, uh, tell me more about the story of Boo. Uh, how old? How old is he? And how long has he been at the? Uh, is it's a refuge or a sanctuary? It's a yeah. They call it a refuge. And so he um, has been there since I think it's just uh, under twenty years. Wow. Been there. Yep. So he was uh, five years old. Him and his brother when they were orphaned. 
And so the resort offered to take them and they built a refuge. It's 20 acres um, fenced underneath one of the, the ski lifts. And uh, it is a fairly natural place. Um, there's a stream running through it. There's, I believe, 18 species of of berries. So the vegetation is similar to what he would have eaten in the wild. And so him and his brother both came to live at the reserve when they were only five months old. And unfortunately, his brother didn't survive his first hibernation. Um, but Boo has been there ever since, except for uh, he's kind of infamous in Golden because he did escape uh, in his younger days. He went on a walkabout, um, <laughs> came back, but uh, he did leave for a short period of time. Well, I was going to ask how much freedom uh, Boo has. Well, he has freedom to explore his area, but uh, like I say, he's not to leave the the refuge, uh, which he hasn't in a long time. Uh, but uh, they try to keep it as natural as possible. So I was very impressed with the staff there. Um, Kat uh, Cohen, the grizzly bear refuge manager, puts a lot of effort into making sure that his routine becomes as well as natural as possible. So that means that they don't just feed him every time at the same place. So he's he's not fed like you might see, you know, in um, an agricultural setting where there's a, a place where the food's laid out. It's it's not like that for Boo. They make a, uh, take the time to hide food in the enclosure. So he has to go and search for it, similar to what he might do in the wild. Huh. So while he, he can get some food in the refuge, or I mean in the, the forest there, they also supplement his food uh, too. Uh, how close do you get to uh, see Boo? Like, it's not like you can walk up and, and pet him, or is it? Uh, no, no, no petting of, of the bear. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good um, for good, you can do good photography if you have a bit of a longer lens. Um, you'll see some of my pictures on the story, uh, which turned out really, I thought, quite well, compared to, say, trying to shoot uh, pictures of a bear in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you have a, a fence keeping you back from being too close but they when you get off the chairlift to visit boo there's usually a, a ranger an interpretive program that meets you there and there's tours every hour in the hour and they will take you around to show you where boo likely is because he's not always visible um, and they do have a policy that if you come and you don't see boo on your visit that you can come back for a free visit oh so, that's nice um, yeah, it is good. And and like I say, he's it's he's living his best bear life, you know, so he uh he may be napping, he may not be visible. Um but most of the time they have a pretty good idea of where he is in the enclosure. Um and you do need to take a tour, like you need to go to the refuge in order to see the bear. Uh cyclists who might be coming down the mountains are not allowed to stop on their way down. So mm. you need to by an admission to go see him in the, the refuge. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just talk about the ins and outs of, of, of buying a ticket. Can you just show up or you have to kind of book in advance? And these days, um, you know, there's always social distancing and things like that. So how easy is it just to walk up and, and see Boo? Uh, well, the day I went, um, you could buy tickets fairly easily. So you have a choice um, there on the mountain. You can buy, they have an adventure pass, which gives you uh, the ticket 
that will let you ride up to the mountain for lunch. Um, there's a nice restaurant on the very top where you can see five national parks from just outside the doors. Uh, you can also mountain bike on the mountain. Um, as I mentioned, you can't stop to see Boo, but you could do that as part of the day if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can go just uh, to the refuge. If you're just like me, you're just a crazy wildlife lover, um, <laughs> then you can do that. And so, and the, I should also mention, too, they have the option, if you are really interested in bears, uh, of doing the ranger assist program. So you can go um, at the end of the day, and I believe there's one at the beginning of the day, but you spend an hour with the staff there, uh, helping them with, or not helping, but observing uh, what they're doing as far as getting uh, boo ready for the end of the day. So that means extra feeding and how they kind of shut it all down. So um, it gives you a bit more of an intimate experience mm-hmm. with the bear because otherwise you might just be with a, a larger group. So, mm-hmm. anyway. uh, is it open all year round? No, no, it's not. Um, when Boo goes into, it doesn't technically I guess so, because he hibernates, right? <laughs> well, actually, I, was, I learned that, and he doesn't hibernate. He goes into uh, sort of a deep sleep. Okay. Uh, but he's not visible for the winter. And so I believe the summer hours or the summer uh, season closes the end of this month. And so you might want to check. I know it's only four days a week mm-hmm. um, in the fall. Uh, so Friday to Monday, it's open. Um, so best to just check the website. Um, and But like I say, time's running out for this season, mm-hmm. but there's still a few days you can go and see Boo. Nice. Uh, now, the whole area of Golden is beautiful, and you mentioned the Kicking Horse uh, Mountain Resort is kind of where Boo is. It's not actually the resort, but you can stay there, and, and, and there's lots of other things you can do and, and enjoy uh, the area, right? Oh, yeah. Golden is a great place to go. I mean, for people who like to golf, it's got some great golfing opportunities, but it's also very popular with adventure lovers. So there's really good whitewater rafting. Um, I think it's class four rapids there. Uh, you have the mountain biking, which I mentioned already. Uh, there's a well, wolf center there where you can go and see some wolf uh, rescue work that's being done. There's excellent bird watching in the area as well. And uh, lots of good hiking, and you're close to several national parks. So, no, it's Golden is a great place to go for outdoor lovers. Now, your article is called Lessons from a Grizzly Bear. What did you learn from Boo or Abaya observing Boo? I learned that actually there's a place for watching bears in captivity because I think uh, many of us would say, well, we prefer to watch bears in the wild. Mm-hmm. But what I learned was that watching bears can cause them quite a bit of stress and alters their behavior. And this year they've had a really hard time because of the drought. There's been a berry failure. Mm. And so parking your car and watching the bear from the road is really a bad idea for the bear. Um, and so I learned that there's more respectful ways to, to watch a bear. And, and this bear is, you can tell, very well cared for. And it provides you an opportunity to see that bear and get some photos if that's what you want um, without stressing them. So, yeah, that's what I learned from Boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I, I imagine his uh, caregivers, they had to learn a lot, too. I don't imagine when, when Boo arrived, they were experts on grizzly bears, or were they? I don't think they were. There's been a lot of evolution in bear care uh, in the last few years, because there was not so long ago when people thought that bears couldn't be rescued from the wild, and there was a policy uh, to euthanize them if the mother something happened to the mother. Mm-hmm. So it's only been recently, like in the last decade or so, that... Uh, places like the Northern Lights uh, Society in Smithers, where they have shown that you can take carnivores like bears and that you can look care for them and you can still release them back into the wild and they don't turn into problem bears. And so uh, there's been a lot of effort made at the Kicking Horse Mountain Resort uh, to learn about uh, 
what a bear needs to prepare for that slumber all winter. And they've put a lot of effort as well, like I say, into making sure that the diet is good and that the behaviors are natural and they're not treated, um, you know, like you might your pet or something mm. like that. The article is called Lessons from a Grizzly Bear. You can find it on the Road Stories website, roadstories.ca. And the author is Carol Patterson, freelance travel writer and photographer. It's always fun to chat with you, Carol. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. I enjoyed it. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.